afternoon. This is Rich Nash, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded and IoT franchises and other stuff as well, but we won't get into that right now. We are here for this week's Embedded Insiders, and I have my co-partner, co-partner? My partner in, in, partner in crime, Brandon Lewis, who's the Editor-in-Chief of Embedded Computing Design. Hello, Brandon. How are you? I'm fine. I'm a co-partner, I guess. I'm yeah, whatever. I was, I was actually, my, my brain was going a little too fast. I was going to do an Ed McMahon, you probably don't even know who Ed, Ed McMahon is, and say, here's Brandon. But I, I was thinking faster than my mouth would allow. So anyway, how are you? I'm fine. I've been uh, walking around uh, the streets of Phoenix looking for a 5G network, and I haven't had a whole lot of success finding one yet, but maybe I just need to get an NB-IoT device out and see if I can uh, connect to something. Well, maybe you need to upgrade your equipment because you don't have the right equipment for 5G, as Verizon told well, us. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody keeps telling me different things about 5G, so, you know, I, I'm at a loss here. But uh, what was it that Verizon said? Well, a funny thing happened on the way to the office this morning. Actually, it was, it was last week, or was it last week? The week before. Um, when I was at CES, um, I had this thing that you're, you're, you're likely not familiar with. It's called a newspaper. And uh, in that newspaper, there was an open letter from Verizon that said, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, if you want to take advantage of a 5G network, you need to upgrade your equipment. Uh, your, your existing phone will not work. And okay. I think that's accurate, but that's a pretty bold statement because the other network operators are, are pushing people just to move over to their networks and take advantage of 5G when they're saying, no, that's not how it works. Uh, are you familiar? A, are you familiar with the letter, and B, are you familiar with the topic? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with the letter, and I'm upset because I just got this phone. So, <laughs> um, but uh, maybe we should bring somebody in who knows a little bit more than uh, you or I do about the topic. What do you say? I think that's a great idea, and I'd I'd like to bring in Dave Smith, who's the CEO of Multitech, because. Uh, he tells us that he is an expert on this topic. Are you there, Dave? Yeah, good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. afternoon for me. It's morning for Brandon. But um, did, you, did you hear what we were talking about? I did. Is it, is it true that if, if you really want to take advantage of 5G, you have to throw away your phone? Uh, not today, but probably around 2021, you will. Okay, I don't understand what that means. Are you, are you saying uh, that 5G isn't really here today? Well, 5G, like, like everything else, is an evolving standard. And look how long it took for NBIOT to kind of settle down. It took a couple of releases. And during that time period, different companies came out with different uh, pieces of hardware that needed updating over time. Same thing's happening with 5G. And in 2021, they're going to be coming out with 5G NR, EMBB, and a thing called URLL. And so, um, you know, those may or may not require a hardware change, but you can hopefully be pessimistic and expect it. So, Dave. So, what? <laughs> excuse sorry, me, guys. So, uh, so, today, when some of the carriers and uh, uh, network equipment manufacturers are out there pushing 5G, you know, today in 2019, what are they talking about? Is that just them building up the hype, or are there actually elements of 5G? that are out there active right now, not counting NB-IoT and CAD-M? Oh, not counting NB-IoT and CAD-M. 
Those yeah, are- because when, when a lot of these carriers are promoting the normal consumer doesn't doesn't care about NBIOT or CATM, correct? You know, so if you're touting 5G, what are you touting? Um, you're generally touting faster speeds and slower, uh, lower latency and things like that. So you're right. The average, the average person doesn't even realize that CATM1 and NBIOT are part of the 5G world, um, and they probably wouldn't care, like you said. Um, what they're looking at is that super high speed, uh, virtual reality over the air kind of thing. And that's going to take a while to uh, actually work its way into the market. There's a lot more than just uh, higher bit rates um, to make products readily available to people. Okay, so if somebody wasn't to upgrade their equipment and, and they're on a 5G network, what sort of speeds can they expect? Uh, probably the same speeds they're getting out of their equipment now. The well, only that's a rosy <laughs> outlook. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, your equipment is today what it is today, right? And so um, you may have a, a cell phone, for example. Uh, let's just say, you know, it's one... Um, built by a, a company that with a logo of a fruit. Um, you will uh, probably get firmware updates for that phone, and you might see some you know, marginal improvements over time, especially as the network enhances certain capabilities. So for example, the latency, that's actually a really big deal, right? How long you have to wait for a network to respond to your device trying to use it. So you, know, you might see some modest improvements there, but at the end of the day, the hardware that you have is um, it's fixed, right? So if you have an LTE CAT6 radio in your iPhone, then you're not going to work at CAT12 speeds uh, when CAT12 comes out. So let me so run out and buy a new phone so I can get the exact same performance of my existing phone. That sounds like where exactly, we're at. Exactly. And I was just going to bring up, doesn't, isn't that bad for the industry and the market in general, Dave, wouldn't you say? I mean, obviously, marketing people need to get paid, but, you know, if you're out there touting that 5G is going to come out, revolutionize the world, and then for the next, you know, two uh, phone cycles for all of us, we're like, this is exactly the same as it was, you know, back in 2017. Um, Isn't that bad for the industry? Don't people get disillusioned a little bit with the entire 5G hype cycle? Well, Let's use an analogy, right? Analogy is always suspect, but let, let's pick electric cars. You know, mm-hmm. today you can go out and buy an electric car. It's going to get, what, 300 miles range? Um, it's going to have a certain cost profile and capabilities and things like that. Uh, over time, battery technology gets better, right? Newer cars will go farther, hold a charge longer, maybe have some additional features or capabilities. Um, if you want to take advantage of that, you probably have to buy the newer car, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's the same thing with 5G. 5G is, is still, you know, rolling out. Um, and it's, it's rolled out over time. So, as, as we progress through the years, next couple years especially, you're going to hear about much faster network speeds available, much lower network latency there. Um, so that, you know, the, the number of uses for 5G technology will grow, right? Certain applications today that won't work over cellular uh, will now. But, but to take advantage of that, hardware that we have today may or may not work. And, and that's very typical. You've seen that with cell phones for, for decades now, right? You have 2G and then 3G and 4G, similar thing. 
Okay, so let's good. talk about taking advantage of that technology because I heard a stat uh, the other day or last week, something along the lines, and, and you might need to correct me, that 15 to 20 percent of the, let's see, how, how did this go? Of the equipment that's on uh, a 5G network will be taking advantage of the 5G data rates. Did I get that right? And is, is that true? Because that's, that's very disappointing. But, but wasn't uh, it by, by 2030, you said, right? Right. right. So 15% of the equipment would be right. able to take advantage of 5G capabilities by 2030. Right. So I think the number you're quoting came from the GSMA, and what they had said, uh, hopefully my memory is is good here, that uh, by 2030, 15% of all 5G devices, uh, 15% of the market will be 5G devices, Um, and they'll still be deploying. That that sounds like a long time, doesn't it? Well, we're going to be on like 8G by then, aren't we? (laughs) Well, well, no, we might be on 6G by then because the cellular world tends to work in nine-year cycles, something very similar to the solar cycle, but it's only nine years. So we had nine years for 2G and 3G and 4G, and and now we're getting into 5G. But you have to understand, you can make a statement like that, and it's probably correct from one perspective. But, uh, you know, for example, um, I, I'm not exactly familiar what the data is behind their claim, but uh, if you have an application that doesn't need 5G speeds or latency or whatever, why would you use it, right? So, so there are a number of applications that may, may never need 5G. And for example, um, NBIoT and CAD-M1, even though they're technically in the 5G fold, Brandon, like you said earlier, a lot of people don't consider them to be in there. So how much of that traffic and how many of those applications are going to be down at the CAD-M1 and, and NBIoT level? And then, and then are there projected to be delays in deployment, right? We don't know. Um, so there are a lot of different things that could be behind that number. It, it certainly gets your attention, though. Right? I think, yeah, so personally I would think that, you know, uh, from our man-in-the-street perspective, you'll probably see uh, a significantly higher percentage of devices be, quote, 5G uh, by 2030 um, because that's how they they make money, right, selling devices. 15% of a market by, uh, what, uh, 11 years from now? It doesn't seem like a very good return on investment. So um, I think that the, that the functional percentage will be certainly higher, but maybe from a particular perspective, who knows. So if you could look into your crystal ball, Dave, because there are very many, you know, a lot of different components to five, air quotes 5G, what, what are the first features that are going to come out that are 5G um, you know, enabled? Is it going to be the higher bandwidth? Is it going to be the lower latency? Is it going to be, you know, greater capacity? What would you say those would be, will be if you have to look in your crystal ball? Well, you know, we see people that are, uh, like, waiting for all of those, right? Right. But, uh, but you know, uh, unfortunately, the, the, what's going to probably dominate is consumer use of 5G. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, most people, if you're, if you're streaming video or doing uh, a lot of augmented reality sort of stuff on your phone or virtual reality stuff on your phone. The latency isn't quite as uh, important if you're, unless you're doing a you know, SCADA implementation, right, control over the mm-hmm. net. Um, so I would see the bandwidth 
the, the bit rate really being the dominating factor initially. But um, the capacity, today we all take capacity for granted, right? Mm -hmm. So when Atlanta hosts the Super Bowl, you know, nobody really realizes how many trucks of mobile equipment are, are brought in just to be able to handle all the cell phones of the people at the stadium, right? Mm -hmm. So that had, comes at a cost. So the capacity of the 5G network being so much higher will end up reducing the cost to the providers, and hopefully they'll push that towards us. That's about the only way I see, you know, the man in the street noticing the additional capacity. Um, and then the, the latency stuff, that's going to open up a lot of new applications. But ap new applications take time to develop, right, and be deployed mm -hmm. and be used and adopted. So I think the first thing you're going to see is just the effect of the much higher bid rate. All right, that's pretty interesting stuff. You know, me being the millennial that I am, I, I want this stuff right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm a baby boomer. I could wait. <laughs> okay. I'm just over there reading my newspaper, whatever that is. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thank you, Dave. This was, uh, it was really good to get the perspective of somebody who's actually in the, in the trenches on this stuff. So we thank you for your time. Oh, it was awesome talking to you guys. Okay, well, that was Dave Smith. He is the CTO of Multitech. I am Rich Nash. I'm Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media. And the guy with the deep voice is Brandon Lewis, the Editor-in-Chief of Embedded Computer Design. Have a great day, guys. Bye-bye.